0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams, as the architect of Go for 2 and 22. It's going to be a little while here before I'm ready to start really doing a whole lot of go for three and 23. We'll get there, I promise. I mean, that's obviously a mission for Georgia on the field for this upcoming season, but for now, I think it's more appropriate just to sort of appreciate what Georgia has and sort of bask in the glow of the mission being complete, got to in 22, back to back dog national champions, as we say around here, the uh, sign on the front of the desk, of course, as we typically do. So so it's going to be a little while before we are quite ready to sort of fully turn the page yet to the idea of winning a third straight national championship It is a very realistic possibility for Georgia. They'll be favored to do so. As Kirby Smart has told us before, though, uh, probability isn't always reality, and so next season will have its own challenges and things like that will eventually we'll get there on those but for now we're just sort of happy with the fact that georgia's won two straight national championships we're not quite ready to move off of that as of yet however uh the great former georgia coach mark rick who we all love was a part of a radio interview here this week or at least i heard it this week i'm, I'm not sure when the radio interview took place i'm assuming it was this week and rick did get into the topic of the notion of Georgia winning a third straight national championship. And so since he is talking about it, we are going to talk about it with him. Now, I'm going to tell you something about the clip you're about to hear. This is from like the ESPNU satellite radio show that you are going to hear on like ESPN. I should say uh, Sirius XM. There is an element of what Mark Richt is about to say that may come to your ears to sound like bad timing in light of the big story that's out there with Georgia right now. The fact that uh, Adonai Mitchell, the uh, wide receiver, has entered the transfer portal. This may not seem like great timing to have Rick says what he says in light of the A.D. Mitchell news. But as we kind of dive deeper into this, I think Rick's words actually for Georgia fans ought to provide a certain degree of comfort. So let's use the words of Coach Rick here on the idea of Georgia winning a national championship again to kind of lead us into a discussion about A.D. Mitchell. This is Rick from Sirius XM Radio.
1: It'll be tough, but the one thing they have is, you know, he's great players and bringing in more great players on top of it. So just to get playing time, you better be ready to get after it every single day and take care of business and prove you deserve to start, prove you deserve to, you know, playing time. And the, the thing that Georgia's got now was similar to what we had at Florida State. We had kids that would stay and be a little patient and not just bolt every time something wasn't going well because they knew when their day came, they had a chance to have big numbers and big success and still get where they wanted to go, which was the NFL. So I think the guys at Georgia understand that they got to compete for everything they get, but they also know that in the end, they can certainly uh, get where they want to go.
0: So that's Mark Rick saying, hey, the main thing that allows Georgia to come back and win a third straight national championship in 2023 is the idea they're so loaded with talent that they have just talent upon talent upon talent. It's hard to earn playing time there because of how deep the roster is. Then he goes on to make the comparison to the Florida State teams he was a part of when he was offensive coordinator prior to becoming Georgia head coach in 2001 of You've got so much talent. that's also willing to be patient. You may not play as much as you want to when you first get there, or you may not play as much as you want to throughout the entirety of your career, but you want to be a part of a great program. You want to have great success and the way that Florida State was once attractive for guys to stay in the program, Coach Rick says that's what Georgia is now, and that's why they have one, and that's why they have a very good chance of keeping on winning. Now, there are some people who hear Coach Rick say that and say, Ah, but Coach Rick, that's not true. Uh what about A.D. Mitchell? A.D. Mitchell wasn't patient. Uh A.D. Mitchell didn't want to stay. A.D. Mitchell seems like he's bolting and he's using the mechanisms that are in place like transfer portal and maybe nil as an inducement to go in the transfer portal uh ad mitchell one of georgia's most important players at least in terms of his big performances in big games he's not showing that level of loyalty that you say that great programs have that your florida state team once had that georgia has had over the, the course of the last couple of years ad mitchell stands as an argument against all that and obviously that seems to be sort of true but if rick were here right now let me ask you this would he say and i'm guessing he might say this i'll certainly say this in place of him on this is the A.D. Mitchell story, and if you're not aware, we talked about this as a possibility yesterday, that Mitchell might go into the transfer portal. It seemed likely that he was, and uh, by yesterday afternoon, that had been official. Mitchell is leaving, and it seems like one of these kind of destabilizing stories that exist right now where a player that has gained great fame at Georgia despite being hurt from time to time a guy that's gained great fame it's just boom he's he's leaving and maybe he's being bought by somebody else kind of being stolen off uh, the Georgia roster maybe that's what this is kind of against what Rick said is the kind of patience that other players have shown at Georgia or maybe the kind of patience that seems to exist with great players and great programs throughout history and all of this has a way of sort of making georgia fans maybe a a little bit nervous but let me ask you this and i mean this in in, in legitimate uh terms here is mitchell the norm or is mitchell the exception and i think what you'll come to to draw the conclusion of is well it's not great that a guy like mitchell is leaving Uh, it's a little bit frustrating for the system that we're in and the fact that Georgia is being asked to navigate this the same way that every other program is being asked to. When you look at the overall situation at Georgia, while the the Mitchell situation is both irritating for those of us who like UGA, a little troubling for those of us who sort of value the future of the sport, you're not quite so sure how this impacts all of that, At Georgia right now, it is the exception and not the norm. That ultimately, there are far more people at Georgia right now who kind of fall in line with what Coach Rick said right there, which is, hey, they are willing to be patient. They are willing to contribute. They are willing to be a part of uh, something great, be a part of a cause that's larger than themselves. And A.D. Mitchell has chosen not to do that. But I don't think there's anybody who truly believes among our audience, among the media, among whatever else, that somehow Mitchell leaving Georgia is some sort of debilitating loss that will now remove georgia as its status as the preseason number one team in the country and the most likely team of anybody in the nation to win next year's national championship i don't think that should change your opinion on that i'm assuming for most of you that it probably doesn't because as we said yesterday while mitchell's potential exit kind of means you don't get a chance to finish cheering for a guy you've been cheering for the entire time when you look at what georgia still has coming back from its past catching core for this upcoming season I think you have a reason to be optimistic in a way that maybe a lot of years in the Coach Rick Dare you haven't had a chance to do that. It is not nothing that Ladin McConkey's choosing to return. Even if you thought he probably would, when you look at his overall statistical performance from the 2022 season, as we said yesterday, it's right there on par, if not better, than what a guy like George Pickens did in 2019. Pickens is kind of being you know thought to be one of these you know uh, awesome NFL type wide receiver bodies and you know the kind of guy when he first arrived here he sort of gave Georgia a glimpse of something it really hadn't had in the smart era prior to that and now a guy like McConkie is kind of giving you that same statistical profile but he's just one of the players who's doing that for UGA. And his decision to return, I think, is made even more poignant in light of, I mean, go back to look at like 2017 and 2018. You know, the guys that were kind of leaving and going to the NFL, trying their hand there you know, without like huge stats while they were at Georgia, but somehow I just sort of seen they were just kind of ready to move on, even if they haven't quite improved themselves at the college level. And in the case of uh, of McConkie, he's put up the kind of stat line that a lot of Georgia receivers in previous years would have sort of dreamed to be able to have. And yet he says, I'm ready to come back for Georgia and do more. And yet, ultimately, uh is not even the leading receiving yard guy who's returning from uh from last year's team here for 2023 brock bowers is a guy that had he had 50 more yards in the national championship he would have joined terrence edwards in the thousand yard club here at uga and he's coming back for his third year there as well so not only do you bring back your top two receivers you actually bring back what three of your top five at least as it stands right now and that's a part of a todd monken system that seems to work really well with kind of whoever you have in place in that offense and with a wide receivers coach and brian mcclendon that i think if you haven't fully taken time to appreciate what he's doing for Georgia I think you ought to do that and in fact one of the most enjoyable things that I had happened for me during the national championship in Los Angeles was on that media day that we brought you some live video coverage of I had a chance to have a little bit of an extended conversation with McClendon and I came away very impressed I mean obviously we kind of knew some of this but for me I don't know that I fully consider this because I had a chance to talk to him uh, I came away really, really impressed with the energy and the and, and the passion that McClendon is bringing to that job right now. So much so that a guy like McClendon working with this position in an offense like Georgia's led by a guy like Todd Munkin, that I sort of feel pretty good about the Georgia wide receiver room, whether A.D. Mitchell is in it or not. And deep down, I think most of you do there as well, even if you're irritated with the way that it all kind of went down. So, Rick says the thing that makes Georgia Georgia is there are guys who are willing to stay here and be patient here and not necessarily get the kind of individual glory they might get somewhere else. And even in the light of A.D. Mitchell leaving, that's still true. So let me kind of transition away from the Rick part of this and kind of look more fully at the A.D. Mitchell part of this here for a moment as well, because like the one thing you can't deny, and we did some of this on video yesterday when the Mitchell news first broke, and it's sort of continued on social media since then. The one thing that you can't deny is is that this has erupted kind of a great debate about how Georgia fans should feel about Mitchell. And you can just look at my own mentions and see people sort of diametrically pose on this of, you know, glad for the contribution he made to Georgia, the game-winning catch against Ohio State, the go-ahead catch in the national championship game in 2021 against Alabama, and other people who are just really, really frustrated with him that he's choosing to leave UGA. And it kind of brings up the notion of, and you've heard this debated, and some of you like this, some of you don't, but it's the kind of thing that's clearly top of mind for a lot of Georgia fans right now, the notion of, well, is A.D. Mitchell what we call a DGD? Is he a damn good dog? And that's just one of those things. I guess other programs have their own version of this. For Georgia fans, they've kind of had their version of this of, hey, who are the guys that you give a little bit of extra reverence to uh, because of the contribution they made to Georgia? And the point that I said on Twitter yesterday, maybe you agree with this, maybe you don't, is to me, there is a simple line of demarcation for what a DGD is. It's while you were here, did you work to make Georgia a better place? And in the case of A.D. Mitchell, I think the answer to that question is clearly true. The success that he had in big games makes him the kind of person that you ought to be grateful for. Now, I'll also acknowledge this. Just because you're thankful for something doesn't mean you have to be happy about something. I mean, a lot of the things I've grown to be thankful for didn't necessarily make me happy in the moment. So, in, in the case of the Mitchell thing here, I don't think that you have to apologize if you're a little frustrated by it. I mean, I'm a little bit angry about it, too. But ultimately, my anger is sort of pointed more towards the system than Mitchell himself. I, I, I think it's silly that college football doesn't enforce its tampering rules more so than it does. It seems pretty obvious that Mitchell was likely tampered with here in this situation. Nobody seems to care about that. But if you want to be a sport, you have to have rules. You're only a sport to the extent that you do have rules. And I, I think the college football would do right by enforcing these rules a little bit more. But as I said, that sort of makes me a little more angry at the system than it does Mitchell for leveraging the system for his benefit. Uh, I think that Mitchell, in my mind, clearly uh, rises above the level of what we can think of as a damn good dog, a DGD, because of the contribution that he made. And I'll go as far as say this. I don't necessarily think that the idea of a DGD should be all that exclusive of a club. Frankly, it should be kind of a large group of people. There are a lot of players that come through Georgia. I believe that probably you know sort of reach that level. Frankly, I think some of you sort of reach that level as well. You know, those of you who've been loyal to this program, you spent your money on this program, you attend games, you've donated. Um, I think some of you rise to the level of being uh, DGD, and uh, I just don't think it should be that exclusive of clubs. So that the only people that are in there are like a small handful of players and a. And, and a small handful of coaches. I think it should be a much more inclusive club than that. And I do think that Mitchell is uh, the kind of guy that ought to be included. But if my words on this don't carry enough weight with you, let me let you hear Kirby Smart for a minute. Now, let me set this up. A lot of you may have missed this because it was the day after the national championship. It's that sort of like bleary eyed press conference that takes place on Tuesday morning, when all Georgia wants to do is get out of town and go home. It was in Indianapolis last year. It was right after the Stetson Bennett infamous Good Morning America interview. In L.A. here, that was even more true, even though it was at that time, you know, uh, obviously, you know, it was noon Eastern when the the, uh, press conference took place, but it was still 9 a.m. local time where Georgia was. They're obviously tired. They're ready to go home. So um, in the midst of the press conference, this is like right at the beginning, actually. It was Zach Klein from uh, Channel 2 that asked the question to Kirby Smart of, you know how quickly do you get back to the business of getting ready for 2023? And how much downtime do you allow yourself a chance to have? And in the midst of that, Smart started talking about being aware there were players from Georgia who were going to transfer. Now, I don't know how you personally feel about A.D. Mitchell and all this situation, but I want you to listen to what Kirby Smart said about players on this 2022 team that he knew was going to transfer and how grateful he was for the contribution they still chose to make for Georgia. Kirby's words ought to matter to you. This is Kirby relevant here in light of the AD Mitchell News from last Tuesday.
2: I am concerned about our season and next year I'll be thinking about that the entire flight home and things we can do right now like what is what is what's important now right W-I-N that's our motto and I know people think that's like unheard of, but you actually have to. I, there'll be time to take off, it's just not today because um, decisions are imminent. We have several players on our team who, uh, who stuck it out. Like, like, they didn't have to. They could have said, I'm going in the portal. We had several guys that said, Coach, I'd like to go in the portal, I'm going to go in the portal, but I want to win a national championship. And like, that makes me want to cry because they did it for the team over themselves. And that makes me really proud. So, you know, that, that, that time is now for them because the portal is a real thing. It's a vehicle to go somewhere else where you can be successful. And um, we had some guys make sacrifices to do that. So I think that's pretty cool.
0: You better take Kirby Smart's word seriously there. Kirby Smart just told you that in 2022, turning into 2023, the transfer portal is a reality. And what Kirby Smart says is there is an unselfish way to transfer. And he said, it makes me want to cry the unselfish way in which Georgia players who knew they were leaving the way in which they chose to do that. They stayed here. They didn't become a distraction. They contributed to winning. Now, I don't know if when Smart said that he was thinking about A.D. Mitchell. Obviously, the rumors that Mitchell might transfer existed you know, far prior to Smart saying what he said. Maybe Mitchell was on his mind when he said that. We don't know that one way or another but nonetheless the smart words there ought to carry a lot of weight knowing that guys are free to transfer free to do what they want to do smart says there were some guys who made a team first uh, approach to their own decision to transfer that doesn't matter to you so ultimately am i grateful for ad mitchell's contribution to georgia yes am i happy about the fact that he's leaving and the mechanism that's in place for him to do what he's doing right now no i'm not that happy about it it makes me mad at the system more so than it makes me mad at mitchell Will I be rooting for Mitchell where he goes next? The honest truth is I probably won't. But that doesn't change the fact that what he did for Georgia was very, very, very uh, important. Big catch against Ohio State. Big catch against Alabama. He is a part of this program's history. And for a long time to come, I'll look back on him as a guy that helped Georgia go for two in 22. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is uh, Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Presented today by Meriwether and Tharp, and happy to have you with us no matter how you get to us today. Live on video, 10 a.m. Facebook YouTube Twitter twitch when the radio at noon of course on Athens sports radio 960 the ref and we are available as a podcast wherever you find them including the worldfamous dognation.com just happy to have you with us no matter how you choose to join the program we are very very happy to have you on board with us also a big thanks to our friends at Merryweather and tharp for making uh, all this possible too I still have not given Bob Tharp Merryweather and Tharp his confetti I have actually our producer Michael carvel is expecting some from me there as well trust me I've got bags and bags of confetti I've got more confetti than than anybody knows what to do with. So I'll be uh, giving that out to some of our great sponsors and some of the folks help us get on the air here each and every day there as well. But my reason for telling the story is because it just gives you a little bit of insight into what, you know, Bob and his wife, Ashley, and the entire, you know, sort of Merriweather and Tharp family are all about. These are big dog fans. These are folks who are like invested in UGA, traveling to LA, uh, at the Peach Bowl there as well. And just wherever George is, they're kind of going and following the dogs. And I love having sponsors like our friends at Meriwether and Tharp, who are so closely aligned with what we like and believe around here that Georgia winning is a good thing. And you better believe they're happy over there on that when that happens. And here's the part where the music sort of changes a little bit too, because while on the weekends, they're having as much fun as anybody and you know, you're living it up with Georgia football as much as all of us are, during the week, Bob and his staff there at Merriweather and Tharp are also working very hard on what, for you, might be a very challenging situation. And I just get it. It's real. Especially at the new year, it sort of seems like, we're kind of aware of these type of things more whether it's because you have it as a as a goal to finally get this cleared up in the new year or maybe you've come off a holiday season where you realize that whatever dream you had of being able to hold on to a relationship it's just not going to happen it's just not going to be able to kept be kept in place and i know how terrible that must be i really truly do um and i, I wish i could sort of wave a magic wand and take all that pain away from you i, I can't necessarily do that but I can give you the advice, put a strong advocate by your side as you get ready to to maybe go through this. Someone like Meriwether and Thorpe that understands the law, understanding how the law can be leveraged for your benefit, that is aware of intricacies with the law that someone like me just has no concept of whatsoever. That is what Mary Weather and Tharp is all about. They are your source for Georgia divorce. You can find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Set up a free initial consultation with one of their attorneys. Take advantage of the free resources they have, like blog posts and podcasts, things like that. Really kind of educate yourself kind of before you make that decision to hire Mary Weather and Tharp to handle your divorce situation. You can do all that online. It's a great resource. Their website, theatlantadivorceteam.com. Find Mary Weather and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce there, for a lot more on that. Right, we going to talk to Terrence Edwards here coming up in a moment. There's a lot that we're going to get into with Terrence, both the good and the bad. We'll uh, do that here coming up in just a bit. For now, though, let me go around the doghouse and presented today by our friends at Surf Pro. And look, let me just kind of be very, very candid about this for a moment. Like the one thing that we are not on Dog Nation, Davis, is we're not a news show. What I mean by that is, is like there are a lot of things that are news that we don't really talk about. And there's a lot of things that we do talk about that's not really news. Like, this is not a news report. I've never really considered myself a journalist. What I mean by that is journalists wake up and they begin every day to say, what does our audience need to know? And I think that journalism is a very important job. I think it's very important to you know, interact with journalists and kind of know what the news is. But around here, we sort of begin the day by saying, hey, you know, what is a topic that's interesting and when possible fun for our audience to have? you know, we're a little more, I guess, infotainment than anything else. That's just kind of the way we have kind of always approached our stuff around here. So I say all that to say this is that there is something that's out there. I want you to know about it. And then after today, I just don't quite know how much more we're going to talk about this because it just doesn't really fit the parameters of what we do on this show. Mark Weiser from the Athens Banner Herald, I believe, was the first to report this is that today the attorneys representing the family of Devin Willock are going to hold a press conference outside uh, the courthouse. Uh, let me just read from Mark here who says, attorneys representing Devin Willick's family are going to call a press conference to discuss legal action. And I believe that's likely to take place here today. Now, you know, we're not lawyers. And whatever opinion I might have on any of this kind of stuff is just completely worthless because I just don't know the law. This is not a legal beat type show. So we have tried our best and we will continue to try to, our best to honor the life of Devin, to honor the life of Chandler. Uh, and we're going to take that really, really seriously. I thought the piece that tell up at dognation.com yesterday, looking a little bit more deeply as to who Chandler was, I thought that was really, really important. I think you ought to read that. I think you could, ought to continue reading things like that. And following this stuff may be important, too. But it's just not our beat. It's just not the thing that we do as much. So uh, I wanted you to be aware this is out there. You'll be able to read about what actually goes down with all of this uh, at DogNation.com. But in terms of every twist and turn this might take from here, that's just not our show. That's just not necessarily what we're going to do. It's it's probably important to follow, and there'll be you know plenty of folks who do follow that, and you can read that there from them. They may have probably have more expertise in this area than we do. Uh, but for us, wanted you to be aware of it, and also want you to know that as you kind of move into this phase of all this, we'll probably talk a little bit less about that there at that point. So I just wanted to kind of make you aware of uh, all of that, and as this goes down, whatever the next thing is, you can read about it at dognation.com. But at least wanted you to be aware that that's out there and that's what's uh, going on. That's also around the doghouse here today, I'm presented by our friends at Serve Pro. Of course, you can find them online, servepro.com. It's spelled S-E-R-V. Servepro.com. And when you've got some sort of issue, fire damage, water damage, the kinds of things, I mean, uh, my, uh, uh, I have some family members who have been, d- you know, dealing with one of these situations where all of a sudden, you know, you've got this huge, like, water intrusion problem and it creates this this huge, huge issue. And it's this enormous cleanup, enormous cleanup. And you're kind of left to say, well, gosh, you know, how do you get things back the way that they're uh, supposed to be? Well, our friends at ServPro, that's what they are. They're restoration specialists. They can literally get, um, you, whatever your situation is, fire damage, water damage, whatever it is, they can get it back like it never even happened. That's what ServPro is all about. Also, all of their franchises are independently owned and operated. What that means is, is when you do business with ServPro, you're doing business with someone who's got a stake in the outcome just like you do. In other words, they want a satisfactory outcome because that's their livelihood. That's what it depends on. Well, the same thing for you, if it's your home or if it's your business you have just as much of a stake and an outcome for you. So our friends at ServePro truly a name to know on all that. Find them online, ServePro.com. That's S-E-R-V, ServePro.com for a lot more on that. All right, before we're done on today's show, there was a very small piece of news yesterday that you might have missed, but I do think this has some importance for Georgia fans. We'll talk about that. There was some news in the SEC, that, in a roundabout way sort of ends up being bad news, maybe for Florida. We'll get to that before we're done on the show today, too. But on a wide-ranging number of topics right now, always a guy that we love having on the show, that is Terrence Edwards here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Thar. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com Insider. I'm glad to have Terrence Edwards on the program here, uh, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. And uh, Terrence, we love talking football with you, and obviously uh, we enjoy the fun we're able to have with that. But as you were, are well aware, it has not been uh, a fun time here at Georgia as of late. And um, I just want to give you a chance to kind of talk about Devin Willock and Chandler LaCroix. and. I know a situation like this probably hits you uh, you know, certainly maybe even harder than it hits a lot of us because you know a lot of Georgia players personally and you know how they are potentially touched by a situation like this. It has been a very confusing time for a lot of people and it's very difficult to process you know, what we do, which is being happy about a Georgia team that's just won its second straight national championship, while also being deeply sad about what has gone on here uh, with the events of Saturday night. So, uh terrence i just want to give you a chance to speak about that and kind of how this touches you as someone who has as been involved in the uga football community as you have been
1: yeah i just uh you know it's it's a sad time in athens right now and i have i have reached out to a, a couple of staffers uh talked to a couple of players and uh they're hurting right now you know this is uh both of the uh Young people was very loved by everyone. Deb and Chandler as well was. Uh, so you know, it's it's really not much you can say, but just continue to pray for their family and pray for healing, uh, pray for understanding. And uh, we all know that you know God don't make any mistakes, but as human beings, we do. You just wonder why. Uh, so it just it's not really too much you can say about. This tragedy, it's a tragedy. Uh, they're gone too soon. They're 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 gone too soon. So I just just say man, just touch your loved ones and and reach out to people that you probably haven't talked to lately. Just tell them you love them, and because you never know. Now, I was talking to someone the other day, and I'm close to. I'm just like man, this game called life is is very tricky, and we, none of us have the the game plan to uh, defeat it because it's. It's something that we none of us know when it's gonna be that time for us. So you just gotta cherish the times that you have on this earth and enjoy it. And why be sad, man? I just you know just see too many people just angry about stuff that's out of their control, mm-hmm. man. I don't live my life like that. I'm a very happy-go-lucky person, and I just try to enjoy every day that I have with my wife, my kids, my brothers, my sisters, my mom, my dad, my friends. So that's that's how I just try to to live my life and try not to let any of this negativity bring me down. Because uh, why? Because a lot of things you can't control, and we're mad about situations we can't control. Just be happy. Love life. Love people around you.
0: No, I think that's really wise, Terrence, I do. And I guess one more thing I want to bring up, and then we can talk about something different, but you – I think touched on something that I think is really important here. You know, we're not really inside the Georgia program. You know, I occasionally talk to a player or two, occasionally talk to a coach or two, or something like that. But there is a there is an inside feeling to the Georgia program that that most of us are just not privy to. And I think it can be easy as time passes here to sort of assume that well things are just sort of getting back to normal. But there's going to be some invisible sadness and invisible wounds with this program that those of us on the outside are just not going to see. And those of us who you know. You know, have taken it seriously about you know kind of praying for these folks and, and, and things like that it's important to remember that's a long-term deal here that that the way in which these coaches these players these staffers these people that are part of this community they spend so much time around each other there's an element in which you know their ability to, to to kind of move on from this that this is going to be something they live with for a long time and and we may not see it from the outside we may just see a team sort of getting back the business of football but on the inside Inside the program, I mean, they're going to still be dealing with this in a very profound way, won't they?
1: Yes, uh, most most definitely. They're going to have to live with this for a long time, and can you truly get over this sadness? I, 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 it's going to be hard. It's going to take time. It's going to have to heal from within, but also use as as motivation why you're working out. Um, have death uh, on your mind. Uh, what would he do in this situation? He's going to give you 110%. So go out and do something that he would do. Don't let his legacy be in vain. Go out and, you know, we always try to find that extra motivation to continue our journey. And their journey right now is go out and, and do it for Dev and Challenge. and see what, you know, the 2023 season could bring. You could really devote the next season to Dev and try to, play his honor and his name and everything that you do think about what he would do I've everything I've heard about the young man I don't know him personally but everything I've heard about the young man is a great young man so I just hope this team just everything that they that they do from now on, uh, is in honor of that young man especially on the football
0: field there is no smooth way to transition back to a normal football conversation but I do want to try to do that here for a moment because Terrence I think your voice on this matters how are we supposed to feel about AD Mitchell leaving?
1: Do you want my my perspective of the of the fan perspective? I want There's your perspective.
0: Problem. Yeah, I want your perspective.
1: My 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 perspective is is I wish him well, and I, I sent him a message. Say I enjoyed these two years, and thank you for helping bring two national championships to, to University of Georgia, and go be great. That's what I that, that's that's my exact words to him, and and I just tweeted this. I, like I I can't be mad at. A young man for trying to better himself. If that' what he feels is better himself, uh, you know. From all accounts, he have a small child in Texas. If the uh, allegedly, and if he wants to be close to his his child, who can fault the the young man for that? Uh, even if that's not the case, if there's something else out there that he feels that's better for him, by golly, go do it. One thing I do believe in that Kirby is doing the best job of roster management he's gonna have uh, guys ready to step up uh, I don't know this person but I think we got the, the two best receivers in the portal uh, I don't know if that that Kirby knew this was gonna happen or just was trying to get the best player on his team but if you go look at Rara Thomas and and love it those two guys are gonna bring an element to the game that's gonna help us win and I love Uh, Love it in the slot. He's very dynamic. I don't think we had this type of slot receiver probably since uh, 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 K-Mac. So, I I believe that Kirby is going to bring the best roster together. And for AD, I just tweeted this. We all could be upset. We all could feel some type of way. But I just don't understand the disrespect that comes to these guys' ways. Like Jermaine last year, I understand he went to the rival and You could be upset but just the disrespect crosses the line for me i just wish the young man well and and hopefully he finds peace and whatever that he believes that's true to him and i'm ready for it to see ra ra thomas and and love it put on the the red and black
0: so i love having you in the show because i think you bring a really important perspective you are a former player you work with players i would say that you bring kind of a pro i should say a pro player perspective that maybe someone like me can't really match. So I want to get more into this because I think your opinion really matters on this. So let me tell you how I feel, and you tell me if it's fair or not. You know, I've said I believe that A.D. Mitchell is what we call a DGD. I mean, this is guy that's contributed heavily to, to two Georgia national championships. I'm grateful for that. 20 years from now, when he comes back here as a part of, like, the ceremony like you guys have for the 2002 SEC champs this year, you better believe I'm will be standing up. i am be clapping for him. Uh, glad to see him. I can't root for him where he goes, though. Do you think that's fair?
1: Yes, they are fair. That's, that's very fair. I, I think uh, for what he has done, uh, for helping us bring back-to-back national championships to the University of Georgia, can't be taken away from the young man. Uh, when we have the 20-year reunion, he has to be celebrated. Now, that he's not a part of the program anymore, you don't have to cheer for him. You don't have to wish bad on the young man, but you don't have to cheer for him. That's, that's the thing about being a, being a fan. You, you're a fan of the University of Georgia, and I just tweeted this. Uh, as much as I'm invested into the program, I'm invested into the program and not players because players is going to leave. The University of Georgia is going to be here, and I'm through my blood, sweat, and tears as a player, I'm invested into the University of Georgia, and I'm, I don't get even the players that I've trained that came to Georgia and left. I'm not upset with them guys. I cheer for Georgia. That goes for Jermaine. That goes for Eric now leaving. That goes to Justin Robson. I love those guys, but I'm cheering for the University of Georgia, and they all know that I'm invested in, into this
0: program and not players. Okay, so let me uh, go another level here. And as you said, you know, uh, you know, Jermaine Burton's a guy that you're very close to, and I have to be honest with you about this, Terrence, is that I feel more negatively towards Burton for the fact that he left last year and went to Alabama. You know, in the case of Mitchell. If he goes to Texas or if he goes to one of these places, it's like, you know, not, you know, a team we expected Georgia to be playing because, frankly, Texas is not good enough to play Georgia. I mean, if if he goes to a place like that, um, you know, there's a level of, I guess, like negative energy that doesn't bring up for me because it just sort of seems like he's sort of out of sight, out of mind. In the case of Burton, I think a lot of folks assume when he left a year ago, that's a guy that George would likely play You know, in that next season. It turns out Alabama wasn't good enough to make playoff either. But um, but that's a guy that you thought you'd be doing battle again. So even though that's your guy, I have to be very, very candid here for a moment, is that I'm a lot more, I guess, favorable in the view of how Mitchell is leaving Georgia right now than I was in the way that Burton left Georgia last year. Do you think that's fair? It's
1: uh, fair. Uh, it, it's fair. Um the, I, I I don't disagree with any kind of uh, say bitterness, assault, being salty about Jermaine going to Alabama. That's never my issue. He chose to go to Alabama. He understood what was going to come his way. You can, everyone can feel a certain way, but my issue comes when when people are disrespectful towards a young man and his family. That's, I mean, I I've seen stuff where they call him all type of b words and all this like that. Sports shouldn't go there. Yes, you could boo Jermaine and feel a certain way about him leaving Universal of Georgia going to Alabama. Yes, we I have no issue with that. That is a team that we compete against. That's a team that we all thought probably would see them in the SEC championship game. I get it. You can but just the we all know when it's disrespectful. Yeah. We know when that line is crossed. And if you don't cross that line and you boo him and dislike him because he did i'm all fine for that that's what he he signed up for but i just don't understand the disrespect of players of going to somewhere that's going to better themselves in their mind and you disrespect them and their family that's the issue i
0: have with with everything and i think that one of the things that fans probably would do well to do is is take a page from these coaches here a little bit and you see this yourself because you're also a coach there too is that coaches just don't get their feelings hurt very easily. If a guy chooses to go to another school instead of, you know, my school as a recruit, it seems like the relationship oftentimes stays strong. And not just because, well, you may get him in the transfer portal, but it stays strong because relationships are ultimately what it's all about. And in the case of, uh, you know, of a of Mitchell leaving here right now, and we just played some audio of Kirby Smart a moment ago. You know, he wasn't all that, you know, worked up about anybody, uh, you know, at least it seemed like transferring, because he was just sort of thankful they stuck around and helped Georgia. You know, win a national championship that that it seems like kirby sort of made peace with the era that we're in i think in a lot of ways maybe a lot of us don't like the era that we're in or at least certain parts about of it but it is reality nonetheless and it seems like kirby is confronting reality comfortable with reality and you know the, the phrase that i used a little earlier is is that from smart's perspective it sounds like there's an unselfish way to transfer and, and it seems like smart has celebrated the fact that a lot of the guys who've transferred from Georgia, even though they've kind of chosen to make a decision they think is going to better themselves, from Smart's perspective, at least based on what he said publicly, it sounds like he believes they've made uh, like sort of a use, I guess, an unselfish pathway to ultimately make a decision that might better themselves.
1: Yes, I, I think so. I think just the time that we're in right now, uh, as I stated before, I don't agree with the transfer report and how currently established i i i just don't understand it like uh singletary i think that's his name that's just been here for less than a year and now you're transferring out i saw a tweet that he tweeted like know your worth like i just that part right there just bothers me more than ad mitchell or jermaine transferring because you haven't even gave this institution who you chose to come to a chance to right. develop you as a young man on and off the field and you never know how your career is going to turn out if you stay so i that part i just don't understand but i think kirby and and, and company and all the coaches understand this is the time that we live in right now we can't you know kirby can't sit here and complain about it because if he complain about it he's going to get left um i was having a conversation with a good friend of mine uh justin miller who's uh All-American Clemson DB, and I was asking, just saying, Dabo Sweeney is is probably the biggest person against the transfer portal. He's going to have to come around, or he's going to get left behind. So I just think if the doesn't does not come around and just accept the fact that this is a reality in college football and make the best of it, then you're going to get left behind. But, I mean, if you look at it right now, we got two of the best receivers out of the portal, and we lost one. So it's going to happen to every team. It's going to happen to us every year. But Georgia has established as one of the best programs in the league, and we're going to poach uh, players from other teams that don't yeah. want to come and be a part of this. So I'm just happy for the guys that's on the team, uh, the guys that leave. I wish you well. Thank you for your service and your, you know, what you've done for the university. Go be great where you at. I just cheer for the guys that want to be a, a Bulldog.
0: So let me finish on a positive note here. How big of a deal is it for UGA that a guy like Ladd McConkey's is coming back? And beyond that, the idea that McConkey plus Bowers, the two leading receivers for Georgia this year, uh, that's like sixteen, seventeen hundred 1,700 or so yards between the two of them coming back for next season. That level of returning production from just those two guys alone, how big of a deal is that?
1: It's a big deal having, you know, especially from the standpoint of you're going to break in a new quarterback. Now just having veteran receivers there uh, with Ladd and, and uh, Brock, like those guys, and let, let's not forget uh, Marcus is another guy yeah. that has played a lot of football, and, and and you know, he's a guy that is going to help us. So we have a lot of returning uh, firepower. And I sent one of my Florida Gator hometown friends this the other day, you no, know, Brock had sixty three catches for nine hundred and forty nine yards. Uh Lovett had fifty six catches for eight hundred and forty six yards for Missouri. Yeah. Ladd with fifty eight catches. And Raw with forty four catches for six hundred and twenty five. That is a lot of production in the SEC that we presume is gonna be all top four receivers. So even with A D leaving, um, and I I I was one of the guys I think first looked at his film and thought he was gonna be what he what he was for the University of Georgia, I still think he has a lot of talent. I still think he's probably the best receiver that we have. But we have a lot, a lot of production that we have uh, coming back next year.
0: Terrence, it is always great to talk to you. I really appreciate that. I've seen you on social media. I know you guys have been back. Uh, you and Ron Veal kind of doing some of that bubble work. Um, if folks want to get better this time of year, how can they get in touch with you, learn how to catch the football better, some quarterbacks you want to throw to some guys? How can uh, these folks get in touch with you?
1: Uh, you can find Ron Veal and I on social media. Um, you can find me at Terrence Atlas, wide receiver, Academy on all platforms.
0: Hey, Terrence, I'm grateful for your words today. A uh, very important guest to have on on a day such as this. So thanks for sharing what you did.
1: Thank you. Let's take a look around
0: the rest of the league. This is SEC Fruit. Yeah, I just think it's an important perspective. I mean, like I'm going to sit here and because I am a fan, that's my background, I can't help but speak from the perspective of a fan. Now, hopefully – you know have a little bit of ability to kind of consider other perspectives but ultimately you kind of end up leaning back into the perspective that you own so that's one of the reasons why bringing a guy like terrence who was a player who works with players who kind of has a little bit of a different perspective on that and i think what he shares on that and I, listen i think it's very even handed i mean terrence will be the first to tell you that he didn't like a lot of stuff about this transfer portal. NIL type stuff there as well. And yet at the same time, you, you know, you can't always be angry for guys who want to take advantage of what's in place right now. That would be an attempt to sort of deny reality. And that's clearly not what the Georgia coaches are going to do. So I think those are wise words from uh Terrence Edwards, I really do. Now let's get ready to transition and go cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. We had a really fun meeting yesterday, and that's not something I say a lot. I don't love meetings, but When you got folks from uh, Royal Caribbean who were like in the building yesterday, our good friend Robin from Royal Caribbean was here. Uh, Jessica Slater, the travel agent, you hear me talking about, she was here. We had a long meeting yesterday talking about how much fun it's going to be Uh, on board Independence of the Seas, April 24th of the 28th, leaving from Port Canaveral, going to Nassau in the Bahamas, going to Perfect Day Coco K for that second ever cruise with Dog Nation. Now, it's also one of those deals of this really is like the last call for the rooms. They are about to be just boom. It's about to be done it's about to be uh, it's about to be over and done with it. In fact, we were kind of going through the list of like people who had like signed up, but hadn't quite, you know, fully finished their uh, their paperwork and things like that. We just started calling people out right there. So for some of you who've been on the fence about this and you haven't, you know, quite finished your paperwork yet, you may hear from somebody in Dog Nation saying, hey, we need you on board. Uh, we did that to somebody yesterday. I'm just that's a true story. And uh, we got all that squared away. And so uh, we're getting locked in it's going to be a great time we we're actually talking about some of the special dog nation events we're going to do and i, I just can't I, I can't wait like one of the things we know we're doing is that big draft party the first round of the nfl draft is the final night of the cruise, so we're kind of getting locked in on that uh but beyond that you've just got so many special dog nation things that we're going to be doing it's just going to be such an unbelievable time and i can't wait to have you all on board so if you're gonna be on board, just know this. You're gonna be hearing from us soon. We're gonna be having a lot of kind of like meetings where we kind of talk about all the fun stuff that's gonna be going on. We're gonna have some special get togethers on that. But if you've heard me talking about it, and you haven't done anything yet, you sort of feel like you got time, you're out of time. It's, it's like the, the sand has gone through the hourglass. It is, if you've heard this and you've been kind of dragging your feet, get on board let's get this done it's time to do it so call jessica 770-718-9147 770-718-9147 or visit royaldogs.com that's the website she's put together royaldogs.com it is time to lock in and be there be ready to go on the second ever cruise with dog nation we can't wait to see you this april on board independence of the seas all right let's talk a little bit about some cruising around the sec topics here just for a moment and I have to be really honest about something for a moment a lot of you know this and I think most of you are kind of in the same boat with me Sam Pittman the Arkansas coach is a guy that I just really openly cheer for I mean I love Pittman so enjoyed his time here at Georgia it has been fun to see him have some early success at Arkansas in addition to the fact that i'm you know i guess a certain sense of loyalty to Pittman because of what he did here georgia there's also a sense in which i kind of like the idea of sort of fun loving coaches having success because it'd be kind of nice to have you know that element of personality in the world of coaching that 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 football is just more fun with a guy like Pittman being a head coach and so there's also an element of that's why i uh, cheer for sam Pittman here too And so I come from a place of bias when it comes to Sam Pittman. I want him to succeed. I cheer for him to succeed. i probably cheer for Arkansas to win games more so than I have any other SEC program, obviously other than Georgia in my entire life. I just like Pittman a lot. Like Georgia and Arkansas don't have very many conflicting interests, so therefore it's sort of fun to cheer for Arkansas because they're like way, way, way far away from here. And so Arkansas is just a team that I've kind of followed since Pittman's become head coach there. So all of that said, it's simply a setup to say this. I think this is a very important year coming up for Sam Pittman. He has had some success, but at a certain point, you got to take it to that next place. That's just the way it is in the SEC, Arkansas included. And I think that Pittman's going to be asked to do some things this year with a challenge that he has not had at any point in time prior to this there in Fayetteville. He's going to have two brand-new coordinators. You may have heard uh, they Kendall Bryles, who had been with uh, Arkansas as its offensive coordinator since Pittman was hired in 2020, has left Arkansas to go be offensive coordinator at TCU in light of the fact that Garrett Riley left TCU to go to Clemson. So he's had Browse in place. I do, I do think that Brow's is one of the top play callers in the SEC. I have thought that. And now you're replacing him. The guy they're bringing in is a guy named Dan Enos. Now Enos is somebody that's very close with Pittman. You may remember this, is that when Georgia hired Pittman as its offensive line coach for the 2016 season and they were looking for an offensive coordinator that kind of worked well with uh with with Pittman one of the first names that Georgia went after at the time was Dan Enos. and at the time I think that Dan Enos was a really good offensive coordinator I mean you know kind of relative to pace of play those Arkansas offenses were actually not bad from a statistical profile even though they just didn't play very fast but Enos I think was a pretty good offensive coordinator he had been, I believe, Central Michigan head coach and left the Chippewas to come be an offensive coordinator there for Arkansas and had had some success uh, doing that. Uh, I think since then he's probably kind of fallen some hard times. You know, He he's with Alabama a little, for a little while. I guess he was at Miami. That didn't go well at all, I don't think. He's been with Mike Loxley at Maryland lately, but his coaching profile is not what it once was. So now he's going to be stepping back into a role that he's been in before, Arkansas offensive coordinator, and I think he's got big shoes to fill when it comes to to Kendall Bryles, who's now no longer there. I'd say the same thing is true on the defense side of there as well. Travis Williams has been hired to replace Barry Odom. Now I got to tell you, I grew not to really like Barry Odom as a defense coordinator too much. I just thought the uh, Arkansas defense was just too soft. And I sort of blame the style that Odom was using as part of that. They also didn't have great talent, maybe. But I just sort of grew to sort of feel like that, that the Arkansas defense was just too soft. So Odom is UNLV head coach now. Travis Williams is in place right there. So in what I think is actually a pretty big year for Pittman, where you got to show some results, he's going to be asked to do that with two brand-new coordinators. You know, uh, Dan Enos, who probably has a lower profile than what Kendall Bros has right now. Travis Williams, who I'd say certainly, even though I think he's kind of a respected coach, certainly a pretty good recruiter. Um has a just a lower profile overall than what Barry Odom probably had before that. So big year for Sam Pittman, the challenge of two new coordinators. For those of you who like Pittman and kind of have followed the Hawks because of him, that's probably a story worth following. Then there's this Walker Howard, um former uh like this top five quarterback from the class of 2022, had been at LSU, has announced that he's obviously did announced the other day he was transferred from LSU. Now we know he's going to Ole Miss. Now, this is kind of interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think it's a statement about what LSU does have at quarterback. And at a certain point, we're going to get more into the LSU thing for the upcoming season, because I I would say I'm starting to buy into a little bit more that in 2023. LSU could take the next step under Brian Kelly and be not just a team that wins, what is probably kind of a down SEC West, but a team that wins the SEC West and has a legitimate chance of kind of being a playoff contender, I'm starting to buy in a little bit more to uh, to LSU for this upcoming season. And one of the things, and it's been a while since we've done this in college football, but one of the things I do think would be interesting is is the notion that LSU might could do so with a two-quarterback system. Because that's answer to this, I just don't know that Jaden Daniels is that great of a quarterback. But the combination of Daniels' athleticism plus Garrett Nussmeier, who I think most of would say, well, <laughs> it's not going have the SEC championship. He certainly proved to be able to throw the football pretty well um you know understanding all of that um i think lsu right now sort of has two pretty good quarterbacks in fact let's do this as sort of a hot take and maybe maybe this is wrong but i'm gonna say it anyway does lsu have two quarterbacks better than anything that alabama has might be worth considering might be worth considering so the point is when a guy like howard leaves it's because you see what's obviously ahead of you there at lsu you feel discouraged by that but here's the other thing that makes the howard decision interesting leaving LSU going to Ole Miss one of the places that Howard could have gone was Florida and he didn't do it now we've already told you this week that Jaden Rashada has uh uh gotten out of his letter of intent at least he's seeking to get out of his letter of intent he's not going to be at Florida Uh, a potential transfer like this not going to be there either the transfer window is done now I mean you got to I mean there are still quarterbacks in there uh all you had to do is enter the portal you did not have to announce your home but when you see what's there I think you're left to believe here that Florida is going to go into spring practice with a quarterback competition between Jack Miller and Graham Mertz. And one of those two guys will exit the spring as the odds-on favor to be Florida's starting quarterback next season. And folks, that is not the kind of thing that's are going to get Gators fans very excited. And when you start getting into some of these projections, we're probably a few weeks away, uh, you know, actually a little bit more than that, or a, few, a couple of months away from our first uh, over-unders. Florida's going to be projected to have a losing season again, especially if a guy like Mertz or Miller ends up being their starting quarterback, and there is no obvious replacement for them anywhere in the transfer world, at least right now, because anybody else that you're getting is someone that doesn't enter until May. You're going to turn that around quickly and make that guy your starting quarterback? The situation of Florida right now is a mess. It is a mess. It is Mertz versus Miller to be uh, Sunbelt Billy's next starting quarterback. And I think you see now why they call him Sunbelt Billy. So uh, pay attention to that. We'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. now I want to get back to Georgia here in a moment and give you a little bit of a note on the dogs. It may seem like a small thing, but it's probably more worth your attention. You might realize. Before that, though, I do want to give a shout out to our friends at Marlowe's Tavern. Now, Marlowe's Tavern gives you the Insider Update uh, every week with our buddy John Stinchcomb, but also Marlowe's Tavern gives you a great opportunity to become a member of the Insider Club there. And when you sign up for that, you're going to get a great incentive just for signing up. You're going to get $10 off, $30 just for doing that. Then once you become a member of the club, you earn what they call qualified visits each time you go. And a qualified visit is when you spend at least $15. Now, after you complete four qualified visits, you're going to receive a complimentary entree reward up to $20 on your next visit. So they essentially reward you for the stuff that you already love doing, which is enjoying the chef-inspired food and the craft cocktails with our friends there at Marlowe's Tavern. Now, there's no cost to do this all you gotta do is just go online. They'll even give you a special offer for your birthday and things like that. So it's Marlowstavern.com for more on this. Marlowstavern.com for more on this, and you can become a member of the Marlowe's Tavern Insider Club. All right. So a final note here for a moment. Um, Eddie Gordon is a name that some of you know well, some of you may not know, but for a long time, Gordon has been a quality control staffer working with the offensive line basically he's been like the top lieutenant to whoever the offensive line coach has been it was uh, Sam Pittman at one point in time obviously Matt Luke, most recently Stacey Searles but in the case of Gordon he has been very important to Georgia's offensive line recruiting efforts over the years this is a guy that has a great relationship with a lot of the players at Georgia Um, if you go look at the story that Connor Riley wrote yesterday at dognation.com um, Gordon was a guy that Senator Von Prong Granger shouted out in the immediate aftermath of the national championship. Gordon's a guy that's been pretty close to a lot of these offensive linemen. I did want to make you aware, I'll show you this here on the screen here for a moment. uh Guys like this, you just don't keep. I mean, you know, Georgia's been lucky enough to keep Gordon for a while, uh, but guys like this, you just don't keep forever. And so Eddie Gordon says on Twitter, I got a new profile pick. It is the UAB Blazer. He's going to be a part of Trent Dilfer's first staff there at UAB. Now, I think that Dilfer is a pretty interesting hire uh, there for the Blazers. I do. You know, this is a guy that's been a high school coach and obviously, you know, involved in the Elite Eleven. He's got kind of access to players in some respects. Clearly, the kind of guy that'll be a pretty effective spokesman for the team, just given his ties to media and things like that. And I'd say that in the early stages here of his first administration. Uh, Dilfer doing a pretty good job of making hires there, too. So this is one of those deals that, you know, you have to be pretty deep in the weeds to sort of really know a ton about, uh, you know, quality control staffers working with Georgia's offensive line. But Gordon leaving to go be uh, an on-field coach there at UAB, you better believe this is the kind of thing they will be noticing inside that program there as well. And this is a huge part of Georgia's success. I've, I think I've said this before. The one thing that Kirby Smart has done a great job of, or, or I shouldn't say he's done a great job, it's just a thing. It's just kind of the way it's played out. Is that the way in which Kirby's cultivated success at Georgia has caused all of us to pay attention to every aspect of the program? Uh, your, you know, your off-field guys, your quality control analysts, your preferred walk-ons, your recruiting staff, your, you know, all of the elements that sort of make the program what it is. Is that Kirby's success has made us realize that everything counts and everything matters. In the case of a guy like Gordon, he's been pretty important from Georgia uh, on a recruiting standpoint when it comes to the offensive line. He's moving on. We obviously wish him well. And who knows how you may hear his name again, maybe some point in time in the future. But listen, the kinds of guys you want working for your program are upwardly mobile dudes. Uh, They want to take that next step, professionally speaking. And so Gordon, getting a chance to do that, wanted to make sure you were aware of that. And with that said, we'll um, get ready to wrap up the show. We're going to do a golden shoe here for the first time in a little while. So I want to bring back the golden shoe here today. and we like to try to have fun when we can. And so I uh, wanted to try to, you know, kind of do that a little bit. I'll tell you a quick story. So my son is in the fifth grade. His teacher the other day came to me and said, I saw you on. Oh, no, she told Charlie this. And Charlie told me, she says, I saw your dad on TV. And I thought she was talking about the regular show. You know, some people watch the show on their TV. And so I was like, oh, well, tell her I said, thank you for watching. Come to find out, that's not what she meant. I come to find out she actually did see me on TV. I got to tell you, it's a little bit horrifying. So apparently one of the local news stations, and I can't tell which one that is just from looking at what you might call, I believe in the industry, we call that a Chiron. We call it what we call them lower thirds. I can't tell which station this is, but apparently they just did a shot of like random Georgia fan uh, in the airport going to Los Angeles. Happens to be me. I believe I have my driver's license in my hand. Uh, don't, don't zoom in on too, too much. Uh, I look terrible. I look terrible. Like, do you know, do you know how scary this is? Uh, I mean, I just look beaten up you know, as many people in the airports sort to of do. Do you know how scary that is just to sort of think that uh TV camera capturing you as you're walking through the airport Now I do have to go for two and 22 shirt on. So I at least feel pretty good about that. Uh, but uh, a little bit of a drive-by uh, TV appearance for me that I was not aware of. My uh, son's teacher made me aware of this, so I guess I'll give a golden shoe out for that here today. And by the way, reminding you the lousy, stinking gators, you know, we uh, talked about them a little earlier. Boy, it is not good news on the Florida front here these days. And 282 days from right now, George back, beating them up on them again. And we'll, of course, see you tomorrow Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. And of the podcast, I'm now for the R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down. R.S. Andrews when one you turn to for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. So this is our first time doing this again, uh, obviously, in a few days. And kind of kind of getting the show sort of back to normal here uh, again a bit, I guess. And uh, we'll obviously get back to kind of reading your comments and things like that, the way we do via Twitter at DogNationDaily or the comment section at DogNation.com. I also just want to take a moment here to mention kind of a late-breaking piece of, it's not really news, it's more rumor than anything. But uh, Byron Lefwich, offensive coordinator at Tampa, is out. Um, Todd Bowles firing him today. Ironically, Todd Bowles is the father of Troy Bowles, Georgia linebacker signee. But it is interesting that you've had now three different NFL reporters. Earlier it was Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. We talked about that on the show the other day. And now it's uh, it's Ian Rappaport and his colleague Mike Garofalo from the NFL uh, network, NFL.com, mentioning Todd Munkin here once again as a potential candidate for offensive coordinator openings in the case of Tampa this is a place in which uh, Munkin obviously worked he was play caller there uh, back in 2018 they were kind of you know in a lot of respects leading the league offensively in a number of categories and so this is a place that Munkin has had success and he's being mentioned here as a uh, candidate to, to to get that job so I don't know how real this is, but I'd say it's real enough that it ought to be on your radar because guys like Rappaport and Garofalo and uh, Fowler at least respected enough that we've got multiple guys from sort of different networks saying something like this, that it, it ought to kind of rise to your level. Now, there's also potentially a number of reasons why a coach like this might want their name mentioned in something like that. Maybe this is all just designed to get the race from Georgia to get him to $3 million a year, right? You know, Obviously, at this point, Georgia can kind of pay guys whatever it wanted to, so maybe that's what this ends up being here for Monken. We just simply don't know. But it's at least substantial enough that you ought to watch it. We'll be watching it carefully here, too, and I'm sure on the show tomorrow we'll talk about whatever legs this may or may not have. But uh, this is out there. There's a lot of reason to think that uh, Monken might not want to leave. Everything we've ever been told is that uh, Todd and his wife love living in Athens, and I believe that's certainly true but that doesn't mean the chance to, to call plays in the NFL might not be attractive as well. So uh, it's just what's out there. There's very little we truly know about this, but I'm sure in the days to come we'll find out a lot more about it. So follow that, and we'll come back and talk to you again tomorrow. Of course, our R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down, presented by R.S. Andrews, the one you turn to for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. They will show up on time. They'll do the work that's promised. The price is promised. That means if your water heater goes out, in many cases, R.S. Andrews can replace it for you the same day. So find them online at rsandrews.com for more on that. And we'll see you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. We will look forward to talking to you then.